Christ in 
my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand or fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand or fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you.
And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. How precious is your unfailing love, O oh God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from the river of delights. For you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Join me in prayer, if you would, please. Father, we do thank you for the unfailing love that you have poured out on us throughout this week and even this morning, Lord, as you've gathered us here together. I thank you and praise you for each person here who has come into this place, invited into your presence, Lord. We give you honor and glory for each person here, for each person in this building, each person who joins us online now or later. Lord, we're so glad to be in your house this morning. I thank you, Father, for the protection that you have given us this last week, for those places where things could have gone very, very badly, and yet you were with us. You were before us and behind us, Lord, and you protected us from the worst things that could happen. And then you've given us your very best. You've given us your son on the cross to die for our sins so that we could be in relationship with you. God, what a, an amazingly awesome Thing that you have done. We can never really express our, our gratitude to you for that one thing, and yet you continuously bless us over and over and over beyond anything we could ask or imagine, and we thank you and praise you for that this morning. Lord, I know that there are some who've brought deep, heavy burdens in here this morning. For those burdens, we ask, Lord, that we can, that as we lay them at your feet, knowing that we can, that you would take each burden, that you would work in each situation, continue to work in each situation. 
Do so, Lord, as you see fit. Do so in a way that, that brings honor to you, but also brings about the best for us, even, even if we don't necessarily like the outcome. We know we can trust you to have our best in, in mind and in your heart, regardless of what it may look like from our side. Lord, we also thank you for each and every blessing this week, for those places where we have sought you and you have answered, those places where we have had need and you have provided, those places where you have just come to us in your mighty presence, in your tender, tender way, and have given us your, your love, your grace, and your mercy in ways that we just cannot truly ever understand. I thank you for this church and for these people. I thank you for our pastor, Pastor Rich, and I pray that you would give him a special outpouring this morning as he brings your word to us. For all these things, we pray them in your name, giving you honor and glory and blessing because you alone, Lord, are worthy. Amen and amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Take a few moments, if you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves. All right. I'm just going to say a brief hello to all of you who are joining us online, since you didn't get to just shake hands and say hi and catch up. Hopefully, leave us a note in the comments or something. Let us know you're with us. And, and uh, uh, apologies that we forgot to hit the button at the very beginning, so you missed, like, the first verse of the song, but sorry about that. Um, those of you online, if you, would, if you have some way we could be praying for you and you don't want to just leave it out in public in the comments, uh, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect and fill out a digital connect card, and uh, that'll, that'll privately just go to me, and I know how to answer your questions or pray for you or thank God with you or whatever it might be. And, uh, of course, all of us in the room could do that same thing. Uh, or since you're here, you could grab one of those little green cards back there and uh, jot your question or how we can pray for you or whatever it might be. Jot it on there and just drop it. There's an offering box back there. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in there as well, uh, or you can give online. Uh, huge thanks again to all of you who are so generous and support the work of uh, this church uh, here and around the world. And some of you have been generous by bringing clothes, uh, winter gear, coats, gloves, hats, scarves, those kinds of things, and leaving them out in the lobby. If any of you as, on your way in hung up a coat out there, uh, you might want to grab it before someone else does, because that, that coat rack out there is for people to take if they need it. Uh, there is another coat rack back here in the corner. If you've got a coat you don't want to put over the back of your chair and you just would rather hang it up, you can hang it up back here. So those are not to take. Those are for if you need to hang a coat up. But, um, but yeah, some of you have been bringing coats, and we've been seeing them go. So thank you, because there are people in our community that don't, uh, don't have coats, can't afford them. And, and need them. Um, and there are also folks who need uh, shelter and housing and all of that. We partnered with Habitat the last few years uh, to help build some homes. This one's going to be in South Haven. If you want to sign up for the November 18th, it's a Saturday, sign up for that build day. You can do that on our website. Uh, there's a link right on the front page down near the bottom, or you can go to livinghope.info slash habitat, and there's a link right there too uh, that takes you to their page where you can just sign up, uh, you and however many are coming with you, uh, to be there that day. You don't have to have any previous construction experience. Uh, I've done it, and I have zero construction experience, okay? So if, if you want to help, uh, that's, that's great. Or you can give specifically to Habitat. If you're giving here, you can put in an envelope and write Habitat on the envelope, and, uh, and we'll make sure it gets to them. Or if you're giving online, there's a little drop down. You can just stick it in the Habitat fund. 
And some of you have been curious to know more about the church and what we believe and what it means to be a member here. And so we've got a Living Hope 101 coming up two weeks from today. We're going to do a little lunch after the second service uh, in the classroom right around the corner here. And so if you've been coming more recently or uh, maybe you've been coming for a long time and you just never did come to one of these, uh, we kind of offer them... uh, sporadically. I think that's the best word for it. So there's not a regular schedule for them. But uh, if you have been curious, it's like an hour and a half we'll spend together eating some pizza and talking about the church and and your own background. And it's a nice way to get to know just a handful of others who are relatively new to the church. So if you'd like to be a part of that, just let us know you're coming. That way we know how much pizza to order, how many handouts to print out, that sort of a thing. So if you're coming to Living Hope 101 two weeks from today, uh, we would love to know. All right, before we get into the message, uh, some of you know Pastor Judy was uh, out of town, out of the country. She was in Brazil and, um, and brought some stuff to share with us. Come, come on up, Pastor Judy, and, and share with us. We got some pictures, and uh, it's not just a vacation slideshow, all right? So she's going she's to take a few minutes just to, to catch us up on, on the trip and what's going on there in Brazil. I, I promise this is not all my pictures, I promise. Um, no, I... If you were here this summer, you'll remember we met Pastor Alon Santos, and he was here after General Assembly. Well, we reciprocated, and I went to his church down in Campinas, and um, this was the Sunday evening. Now, in Brazil, they do their big services. Instead of Sunday morning, they do Sunday evening, which is kind of nice because you can sleep in a little, have some coffee in the morning. I don't know. I don't know if we can work that out, but it, it, it is kind of nice. But um, Pastor Alon had invited me to preach, and so I had that privilege and did so. You can go to the next one. Um, in, in their culture, in their tradition, um, in their practice, in, in their church, they call people forward if they have a special prayer need. And so during that time, I don't know any of these people. I don't know anybody, but I, I felt like I should just kind of stand behind each person and, and just pray, just pray. And I don't know what I'm praying for or about um, other than what I felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of talking to me about. That might seem a little weird to some of you, but um, so that's what we're doing here during the prayer time. And then in the next slide, there was a girl down at the end, a lady down at the end in this orange dress. And I stood, just kind of stood next to her. And as we were kind of wrapping up, she turned to me and she, she hugged me. Hugging in Brazil is not unusual. Everybody hugs everybody, okay, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, but I just hugged her, and it was one of those hugs that there was just something different about this hug. And um, she didn't speak English. I don't speak very much Portuguese. <laughs> so she couldn't really tell me what was happening, but... Later, um, through Pastor Alon, she explained to me that she's going through a really difficult time in her marriage and in her family, and she had been praying all week, God, I I just really want a hug from you. I just really need someone to just hug me and love me. And um, I don't know her. I may never see her again. But in that moment, I was able to be that vessel, that skin and bones um, in that moment to just give her that hug that she needed from the Lord. Again, I may never see her again. I really don't know the ins and outs of her situation, but God ministered to her, and that was the wor- that, that one little thing was worth the price of the trip and all of the adventures that we had. So go ahead to the next one. Um, Wednesday night, I got to to speak a little bit, um, talked about the 
the prodigal son, but we focused more on the merciful father in that. I might preach that sometime when we're done preaching the Bible. It was, it was good. And so the next slide. So there's Pastor Alon, the younger guy. You'll, some of you will recognize him. The other older gentleman is Pastor Fernando. He's the district superintendent there. And um, they had invited me to a pastor's meeting, um, a district pastor's meeting. And then he had mentioned to Alon he would like to have lunch while I was there, and when the DS <clears throat> invites you to lunch, even if it's not your DS, you go. And of course, my first thought was, oh no, what did I do? Because that's, <laughs> when people who are in charge ask me to, to meet with them, I usually have said or done something I probably shouldn't have. But we had a wonderful lunch, and what he was telling me was that the church in Brazil is growing, and it's growing quickly. Really, the, the church outside of the US and Canada is growing very quickly. And um, they're in a fairly large district, but they are planting churches just north of them on the northern um, part of Sao Paulo State into the state of Belo Horizonte. And they are actually working on planting enough churches and a Pastor Alon's church, the House of Good News, Casa do Evangelio, they have planted a church north of them in Belo Horizonte where they are um, going to be developing a whole new district. They're, they're organizing a whole new district. So the church is growing, and even a small church like Pastor Alon's is planting churches. And it's really exciting to just even be on the, the, the fringes of what's going on down there. It really was fantastic. Um, then the, on Saturday afternoon, the ladies had their own worship service, which was really nice, just, just for the girls to get together and um, just worship. And they invited me again to speak and I know I've I preached here before about Deborah and the Samaritan woman so we got to talk a little bit about those two women and how God used them and how God uses women generally and it, it was a it really was a wonderful time of fellowship with just just the girls and Pastor Alon because somebody had to translate poor guy there's a lot of estrogen in the room and uh, he, got, he got to be part of that and then, oh, that was the group of ladies. That was, and Pastor Alon. Um, and then the next slide is just, that's the next Sunday night. That's just to give you an idea of what the, the church, the sanctuary looks like um, with me in the corner. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about the selfie. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the final slide is just, um, again, prayer time there at the church. And I was very, I, I really was very privileged and honored to have been invited to be a part of, of the, the life of their church for the one week and to meet some of the folks and to see the way God is working um, in places other than just right here, other than just here at Living Hope, because we know God is working here. God is working in Northwest Indiana. God is working in Indiana. God is working in the U.S., but God is working all around the world, and it was just fantastic to be able to be a witness to that as well as participate. So thank you for the time away, Pastor. <laughs> thank you for the time away to do that. And I am, I have to say, I am very, very glad to be home. Um, our one big adventure that we had, and God was very good, and I won't go into a lot of detail, but we ended up in the emergency room Sunday night with my daughter, who came with me on this trip. Um, she had a, a really bad gallbladder attack, <laughs> and she was in a lot of pain, but God was with us. He was very good with, to us. 
Um, she was treated well, and we were able to get on. Oh, and Hugo, this is your mom and dad. Those of you who know, this is Hugo. He's our exchange student that stays with us. I got to meet his mom and dad and spend some time with them, and they're lovely people, <laughs> which explains why Hugo is such a great guy. <laughs> anyway, so um, so that's that's really about the gist of it. I tried to keep it in five minutes. It might have gone over a little, but I could say a whole lot more, but um, I could be here all day. But you guys would... No, I won't do that to you. <laughs> I saw the people posting a meme online that uh, thanks to the time change, pastors get an extra hour to preach. So, you know, we could have a, a longer. <laughs> oh, I didn't, didn't, didn't no, take me seriously. Good grief. Um, <clears throat> thank you for sharing just a little bit of that trip. And if any of you are curious, obviously, like she said, she's got more stories to tell. If you want to know more about what's going on in Brazil, it's good stuff. And um, uh, you mentioned uh, Sunday evening services and that kind of a thing. I, I've had some folks here that have asked, like, could we do an evening thing? There are some folks that come not to this 9 o'clock service, but who make it to the 1030, who barely make it to the 1030 service, would love to have an evening service to make it to instead. And uh, I would love to do that if we had, it's basically we need uh, people who can, who can do music for us and people, and like enough people so it's not like three of us in the room. So if that's something that you're really interested in or you know you've got friends who would love to come to church but there's no church in town doing an evening service or something, um, let me know. And if we can pull enough people together to make that happen, uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to do that. Um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say in there too, but uh, I don't remember what it was. All right, thank you for helping kind of be a little bridge builder there between us and some things going on uh, in Brazil. So today we are... Uh, um, Moving to a different part of the Bible, uh, we've been, we started in Genesis back in January, we're headed to Revelation next month in December, and every month we're hitting a different book of the Bible, and uh, this month we're getting into Hebrews. Some of you guys got the little kind of uh, diagram, map of Hebrews that the folks at the Bible Project put together. Uh, if not, I think we've got some more of those sitting around the room someplace. Uh, you can grab some on your way out, uh, or you can just Google Bible Project Hebrews, and, and that'll, it'll pop up. Um, but first, uh, this last week, we had two different holidays uh, that took place. I don't know if you knew there were two of them. Uh, one of them I think we all were aware of, right, with um, Halloween and kids going around and candy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, any of you guys uh, see any particularly interesting costumes or you got to dress up in a particularly interesting costume? Anything you saw that was like, oh, that's creative. I haven't seen that before. I'm just curious. This is not a rhetorical question. I'm just genuinely curious. Did any of you, or was it all like, nope, just a whole bunch of you know, ghosts and goblins and inflatable T-Rexes, just like every year. Um, okay, nothing, nothing too creative? All right. We didn't get too creative either. I mean, one of my kids was a police officer, one was a cowboy, you know, so I was a robber because um, you got to have somebody to arrest. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, all right. And then the other holiday was the very next day, and it's not one that we usually make a big deal out of here. It's a church holiday. Uh, it's called All Saints Day. Have you guys heard of that before? Uh, I see some of you nodding like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. It's... Uh, it's actually, I think, the reason why Halloween or All Hallows' Eve happens. It's the evening before All Saints' Day. It's kind of like Christmas Eve, uh, but uh, very different. Uh, <laughs> so All Saints' Day is a day when, when the church just looks at like, oh, here are the, the saints, here are the people, here are the, the believers who have gone before, who have paved the way for us, who have been good examples for us of this is what it means to trust God, often in very difficult circumstances. And so we're going to look at a part of Scripture. Hebrews has a whole chapter devoted to that in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, but... Uh, um, but first, uh, there are also a couple of bad examples, but, um, oh, I guess very first thing, just this is the way Hebrews starts. We don't know, just a quick overview, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, all right? Could have been the Apostle Paul, could have been somebody totally different, we're not really sure. It doesn't sound like any of the Apostle Paul's other letters, so uh, might not be him, and, and 
really doesn't seem much like a letter at all. It doesn't, doesn't follow the same format as a letter. At the very end, it calls it like a, a brief exhortation. And some people said it was almost like a little sermon, like some pastor wrote out his sermon, and, uh, and then it got distributed. And somebody said, hey, can I get a copy of that? Oh, sure, you know, make a copy. And, and it spread, and the church continued to read it and found it so valuable, so helpful, that it made it into the, the book we call the Bible, uh, because Christians everywhere were reading this and hearing God speak through it. Uh, but they start out it's, uh, with, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom, he, whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He starts out right at the beginning saying, okay, uh, we've heard God speak in the past through prophets and such. Lots of different times, different ways, but now, oh man. It's like, it's like there's no comparison almost is what he's saying. Like now we've, we've seen the exact representation of his being. We've seen the, the radiance of God's glory. He's the one who, you know, all things were created through him and we have seen him and heard God speak through his son. Uh, if you look at that little map that the Bible Project gives you, on the left-hand side, they say there's two reasons why the author wrote this letter and uh, two goals that he has with it. Uh, one is to show that Jesus is superior. And through the middle of that, uh, it, it gives a little pictures of a lot of the, throughout the book, you keep seeing how um, the author of this says that, you know, Jesus is superior to the angels who gave the message to Moses back in the wilderness, superior to the, the priests in the temple, superior to the, the sacrifices that were offered then, the sacrifice that Christ has offered of himself is, is superior. It's not, a, it's not a that stuff was bad and now Jesus is good. It's, boy, that stuff was good, but Jesus is so much better. It's like that stuff was all done kind of to, to prepare the way for and to anticipate what God was going to do in Jesus. And, uh, and we'll talk about that uh, some future Sunday here this month. But the, the other reason that we're going to talk about some today is, um, is to try to help these Christians remain faithful to Jesus despite persecution, to, to persevere, because times were not easy for them. And so if today, if you're sitting here or if you're watching and you're thinking, yeah, um, times are not easy. <laughs> Life is really hard right now. It's hard for me to sit and, and sing songs about saying, you know, bless the Lord on my soul. And, you know, there's 10,000 reasons to be thankful. It's hard for me to sing those songs because, man, what, what is right in front of me when I'm living every day right now is, is the difficulty, is the, is the hard, harshness of life. Um, man, you're, you're not alone. And that's, this letter was written to try to encourage people going through those sorts of circumstances to stay faithful to God, to keep trusting in Jesus, to not let go of Jesus through all the difficulty and, uh, and so there are some good examples of faithfulness to God in the midst of difficulty, and there are some, some bad examples too. Um, but it, um, right there in, in Hebrews chapter 3, um, oh, I should say, you know, I mentioned he's showing Jesus being superior to all this stuff uh, from the Old Testament. Um, it appears, the reason why it's called Hebrews, or the letter to the Hebrews, is because it seems to be written to people who like have grown up with the Hebrew scriptures have grown up maybe as a part of the people of Israel. And so we, we think it was written to some Jewish Christians who are trying to figure out, okay, how do I put together my, my upbringing as a Jew and my, my life in Christ now, where, as we talked about last month, looking at the letter of the Romans, you know, there's Jews and Gentiles, and we're not following all the same traditions that we did when I was growing up. And, and at some point, the temple in Jerusalem is destroyed. And, and like, what do we do now? There isn't any temple. There aren't any sacrifices being offered. There's no priesthood. What are we, who are we supposed to be? What, what role does Jesus play in all of this? And, and 
how do we take all this stuff we were raised with, what does that mean in light of Jesus? And how do we live this out going forward? So uh, he quotes repeatedly from the Old Testament. And, um, and in chapter 3, he quotes one of the Psalms. says, so as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. Is that ringing any bells for you guys? We spent five months at the beginning of this year uh, in the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It felt kind of long. I mean, it was like we didn't get out of that until June. Uh, it seemed like a long time spent in those first five books. And he's talking about that story as they were being rescued from slavery in Egypt and wandering through the wilderness. He's saying, boy, when your ancestors were in that time, it was It was rough. They were being tested, and they didn't pass the test. And God says, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. He said, they hardened their hearts toward God. They heard God's voice and and hardened their hearts. They didn't listen to God. He's saying, don't be like them. (laughs) Learn from their bad example. Uh, the Apostle Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians 10. He talks about like uh, these things happening and them going through these things as examples to us so we won't have uh, hearts that are set on sin like theirs were. Any of you guys ever had a, like a bad example in your life where like you thought, okay, I'm not sure what my life's supposed to look like, but I know I don't want to look like that, right? Um, maybe for you it was like an older sibling or somebody that, you know, kind of went off track and your parents were like, don't be like your brother, you know, or, or something, or, or a neighbor or a classmate or somebody that, that you heard often, like, don't be like them, or that you maybe, maybe it was a parent, and you determined, like, man, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to treat my kids that way. Uh, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to treat my spouse that way. Um, all kinds of times where there are people in our lives, people that we see that are bad examples and we think okay I'm gonna I'm not gonna be like that and so there's there's some of that going on in the book of Hebrews he's saying don't don't be like that your ancestors they they went through difficulty and they hardened their hearts toward God they didn't continue to listen to God they didn't say yes to God they didn't trust God through the difficulty and so they didn't get to enter his rest they didn't get to enter the promised land if you remember the story uh because they didn't trust God uh when he came time to enter in the promised land he said okay you guys do laps for 40 years and your kids will go in but none of you will and they all died in the wilderness so following this he says see to it brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God you know don't be like them instead he says but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today that 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 quote that he had started with, today, if you hear his voice. So he says, as long as it's called today, keep encouraging each other so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So sin can trick us. Sin can deceive us into thinking like, oh, God's not really there. God doesn't really care about you. If God was really on your side, you wouldn't be going through this. So you might as well just abandon ship. You might as well just do what you want to do. Quit, quit working hard to kind of do it right in this circumstance. Just go with the flow. Just do what everybody else is doing. Just conform to the pattern of this world. I think, isn't that how Romans 12 put it? Where Paul's saying, do not conform to the pattern of this world. He says, encourage one another. We need each other to encourage us, to help us, so that we don't get hardened by sin's deceitfulness. He says, we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. He's saying, this is not the kind of life where 
you know, oh, yeah, you know, when I, was, uh, when I was in junior high, I prayed a prayer and checked a box and I got baptized and, you know, and so I know I'm going to heaven someday and now I don't, you know, like it doesn't affect your life today. I said, no, you got to hold on to that conviction firmly to the very end. Saying that's how you know you've come to share in Christ. That's how you, you know that the life of God is alive in you because you're, you're holding on tight to him through the difficulty. It's not something you just kind of one and done and checked off your list. This is, this is a life with God, where God leads us and guides us sometimes through some very difficult times. So by the time we get to the, the end of Hebrews chapter 10, he's saying, uh, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And he's quoting a couple different passages here. But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. He's encouraging them, saying, look, that's not who you are. Yep, some people might shrink back. Some people might give up on this whole faith thing, but that's not us. That's not you. We're not those who shrink back. We're those who have faith and are saved. We're the ones who trust God to get us through which leads right into the very next verse. They didn't chop them up into chapters like this. Somewhere along the line, they got chopped up into chapters and verses. And so the very next thing he says is, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what faith is, or trust, confidence. It's having confidence in what we hope for. Like, okay, God, I know you're going to show up someday. I know you're going to make all things right, make all things new. I've got this hope, and I have confidence in you. It's assurance about what we do not see. I can't see it yet, God. Right now, things look bleak, but I have, I have confidence in you. I'm trusting that, yes, there is a, a light at the end of this very dark tunnel, that I'm not just stuck in a cave, that you're leading me through this to something beautiful on the other side. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, and, and the rest of this chapter, he keeps starting off, by faith, this happened. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. By faith, we understand that The universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. He starts right at the very beginning of the book. He reaches all the way back to the beginning of Genesis and says God is the creator. However God did it, we don't know, but but, uh, it was God who who got this whole thing going. He didn't just, like, you know, this isn't just a continuation of some eternal uh, creation. This is is God creating. We we believe this by faith. By faith, Abel. Uh, he talks about Abel offering a sacrifice better than his brothers and being considered righteous. Uh, and he just kind of goes down. He's got a whole big long list. And we're not going to try to tell the whole story of each of them. It talks about Abel. Uh, it talks about Enoch who just went off to be with God, didn't, didn't taste death. Uh, by faith, Noah talks about him building an ark uh, to let uh, all these animals and, and his family be saved through that time of judgment, the flood. Uh, by faith, Abraham, uh, when God called him to go leave his homeland and go to a land he would show him, he, he went. And, and he trusted God. Uh, by faith, his wife Sarah wasn't able to have a child, have Isaac. And by faith, Isaac blesses his kids, and Jacob blesses Joseph. And, and Joseph, you know, all these people have faith. Joseph, Moses' parents hid him when he was a baby. Moses uh, didn't continue to identify with, with uh, the Egyptians who raised him, uh, but he identified with his people, the, the Hebrew people. And God used Moses in all kinds of ways. Uh, they say, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, she was saved. She was living in Jericho. She helped the spies when they came through. There's a whole story there you can read about in Joshua. And he just kind of goes through this list of people who, who by faith, trusted, by faith, uh, had confidence in God. 
And he just says, eventually just says, what more shall I say? I did not have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions. Oh, talking about Daniel and the lions, then I suppose. Uh, quenched the fury of the flames, maybe his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. He's saying these people trusted God and God was with them. Uh, last week, if you missed it, you ought to go back and watch my dad's message from last Sunday when I was out of town. Um, great message about living with this expectation uh, that, you know, God wants to bless you and wants to be with you and wants to help you, wants to favor you. And he looked at examples, some of the, some of the same people that uh, are in this list. He looks at some of those and, and how God favored them and God was with them and, and that we can't just walk through life thinking like, well, God doesn't want anything to do with me. You know, no, we should expect God to be involved in our lives. These did. They expected God to be involved in our lives and he was and he blessed them in all these different ways. And then he turns the course of, not everybody had stories with, with happy endings. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. These are, this is verses that I liked when I was a teenager just because like to have envisioned it or something. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> people being sawed in two. I don't know why a teenage boy would think that was cool, but... They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. It says the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them, even those whose stories turned out well, even those who enjoyed God's favor, none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. He says there's a whole long list of good examples of people who trusted God in the midst of difficulty, who can be inspiring examples for us. He's saying, but they didn't see what we've gotten to see. They, they didn't, you know, God didn't bring to fulfillment all of his promises until now, what he's done in Jesus they missed, they, they didn't, they could see it. And if you read the parts I skipped there later, I, I hope that you will. I hope you read the whole book of Hebrews, all right? I hope this month you'll read that because we're going to be talking from this book uh, every Sunday for the rest of this month. Um, if you read some of the parts I had to skip, they talk about how they, you know, they weren't there yet and they knew they weren't there yet. They didn't kind of settle. They knew I'm still looking ahead to, to God establishing his kingdom, his city, uh, the city of God. Um, and we're looking forward to that. He said, but they trusted that God was at work, that God was present with them. <clears throat> I don't know about you. I asked if any of you had any bad examples. I'm hoping that you also had some good examples in your life. Some people you can point to or others have pointed, to, pointed you to that say, oh, no, that's the way you ought to live. Um, we know, we, we do this all the time, right? I think in... Uh, like in our careers or like in sports or that kind of a thing. You know, there's all the time I, I see uh, kids, well, when I used to, <laughs> I used to get to the Y much more often, and you run around the little track up at the top and you can see down into the gym and there would be uh, kids, some of them young, some of them high school, you know, they're, they're practicing basketball or whatever. And you can see some of them like they're practicing moves that you know like, oh, they saw that on TV. You know, they, they saw a, a college basketball student do that or they saw somebody in the NBA do that. And they're, they're practicing that same move because they want to be like Steph Curry or they want to be, when I was a kid, was, you know, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, you, you see somebody who's an example and you think, 
well, if they can do that, maybe I can do that. I'm going to practice. I'm going to work at it. See, maybe I can be like them. Or, you know, in work, you have that same kind of thing. You read books by business leaders or by somebody in your profession or you get training or whatever to, to try to, you find those inspiring examples. I guess today we listen to their podcasts, you know, or, or catch their, their TikToks or something, follow them on social media. And um, because we, we want to be like them. And so they're examples for us. And we, we sometimes pattern our lives after them. And scripture is filled with examples, like so many of these that they just listed for us, of faith, of what's it look like to trust God in the midst of difficulty. And frankly, this is one of the reasons, I know earlier they'd said, like, you know, encourage each other daily. Um, This is one of the reasons that we need, like, church, you know. Um, We need relationships with each other so that you can have people you can point to that you know. They're like, oh, man, God's brought them through some stuff. You know, and as you get to know them, it's fun on Wednesday nights, we pull some tables together and we get, you know, 10 or 16 of us that sit in here on Wednesday nights and just talk about life and Bible. And sometimes we follow up on the message. Sometimes we, you know, uh, go off in all kinds of different conversational directions. But part of the, the value of it is you get to know each other, um, whether it's here on Wednesday night or in some other kind of a setting, you get to know some folks and you, you get to hear their stories and you realize, oh man, you know, they're, they're not, you know, I see them today at church and they, they seem so put together. They seem like everything's fine, you know. And uh, I had no idea that they were, you know, homeless for a period of their life. You know, I, I had no idea that they were, have overcome like this addiction or that abuse or, you know, all these different kinds of scenarios that we find ourselves sometimes in the midst of. And we wonder, can God get me through this? And then you meet someone else you're like, oh, well, God got them through it. And God got them through it. And, and God got these people through it in Scripture Maybe God can get me through this. Maybe my situation isn't hopeless. Maybe if they trusted God and God was with them and God saw them through, maybe I can trust God in the midst of what I'm going through. And he can get me through this as well. So the end of chapter 11 goes right into these verses at the beginning of chapter 12. Where he says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and he's referring back to this, this group, referring back to all these folks he's just been talking about. So since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Using this, this racing metaphor, right? Saying like when you run a race, and some of you have run races, right? Some of you maybe, maybe you did in high school or college or something, you like ran competitively. I never did that. Uh, I've run the Chicago Marathon a handful of times with Team World Vision to try to help raise money for kids with clean water and that kind of thing. And my dad has run... Uh, dozens of marathons uh, in his life, and uh, <clears throat> when you're when you're running a race, you don't like you don't want to carry a lot of extra weight, right? Especially if you're running like a distance thing, like a marathon, because like you got to carry that for 26.2 miles, you know. Unless you're like just drinking it and then chucking it on the side of the street, which a whole lot of people do in Chicago during that marathon. He's saying, look, we've got a we got a race that's going to require perseverance. It's not going to be easy, so let's get rid of this stuff that trips us up. Let's get rid of this stuff that weighs us down. Anything that might hinder us, that any sin that might entangle us, let's, let's lay that to the side. Because, man, if I'm going to make it through, I've got I to gotta lighten the load. I've got I to run with perseverance. And he continues saying, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Jesus is our model, is our example. He's so much more than that. And the book of Hebrews gets into how he's our, he's our priest, he's our older brother, he's, you know, he's already mentioned, he's the you know, radiance of God's glory. 
but he is also an example for us, one who has run this race. If there's anybody we're going to look at who has trusted God in the midst of difficulty, Jesus certainly is, is one of those. I mean, there's a cross on the wall that reminds us each and every Sunday that like, yep, Jesus trusted God even through death. He, he continues, he says, uh, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's, that's the danger right there, that we get tired, we get discouraged, we want to give up, and we, we quit pushing forward. Um, yeah, I just saw somebody else share some meme on Facebook this morning about, like, it's not about moving fast. It's about just keep moving forward. <laughs> I can't remember how it was worded, but you, know, you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I said, boy, if we can keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with having all these other examples with us too. You know, there's a, a great, great cloud of witnesses, he said. They're all cheering us on saying, you can do this. God got me through it. He can get you through it. Maybe that's one of the ways you're going to encourage someone else. You know, earlier when he said encourage one another daily, maybe you're going to encourage someone by sharing some of your story, by opening up about some of what God has brought you through, talking about some of those painful experiences and helping somebody else to know, oh, I've been where you are. And yeah, it's not easy, but, but God, is, God is with me. God is with you. You can get through this. It's not all going to come from me or Pastor Judy, right? It's not like I'm going to be able to stand up here because I've only lived my life. I haven't lived your life. And so I can only tell people about what God's gotten me through. And uh, I can't tell them what God's got you through nearly as well as you can, right? We have, uh, <clears throat> we have these good and bad examples in our own lives. And then we, as we run this race, we get to be those good, well, I guess, or bad examples. <laughs> Sometimes we're bad examples, I guess. But hopefully, with God's help, as we trust God, as God gets us through, we're able to be good examples for others. The Apostle Paul in one place said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Not that he followed him perfectly, not that any of us follow him perfectly, but when we fail, and we'll talk about this in the coming weeks too, when we fail, we are able, because of Jesus, we're able to go to God for forgiveness, to receive his mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. That's why Jesus came, <laughs> to, to help us to know this life is possible. Even through the difficulty, we can trust God. He will get us through we can come to him for mercy and grace. He has conquered sin. And so those sins that entangle us, he's the one that sets us free. He's the one that breaks those chains so that we can lay them aside, so that we can live a different life, a life filled with hope, a life filled with his strength, a life of perseverance. Uh, at, the, at the end of your notes, this is right near the end of the, of the book. Uh, just a, a blessing that I'll probably repeat at the end of the service. And he says, now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. May that God equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads and pray before we celebrate communion together. <clears throat> God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us when times are hard. God, we're grateful that you're with us when times are good, too. We love thanking you and praising you for your blessings and for the good things that you bring into our lives. We are, we are thrilled when, when our stories have happy endings and when we enjoy your favor. Um, but God, you know there are so many times in life where it, it does not feel like that. 
where we are, we're going through the darkness and the difficulty, or we're feeling the pain of broken relationships, of health problems, job problems, housing problems, all the stuff, God, that life throws our way. And when we're trying to push through the middle of that, God, would you help us to continue trusting you? Would you help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the the one who modeled this for us, this life of faith, the one who did it perfectly? You are the pioneer and perfecter of faith, Lord Jesus. You're running the race ahead of us. And if we can keep our eyes fixed on you, you'll help us to, to keep going. You'll show us the way. So God, I pray especially today for for those in this room or those uh, watching online or or hearing my voice, God, those who today are are just near the end of their rope and they're not sure they can keep holding on. God, I pray that you would give them a strength that, that comes from you, this same strength that raised Jesus from the dead this resurrection power, that this can be at work in their lives, giving them a a, a strength that that they just don't have on their own. God, I pray you'd surround them by by people who can encourage them, who can help carry them through this difficulty, who maybe can help share their burden for a time so that that it won't weigh them down so much, or at the very least can encourage them, uh, remind them of your presence, of the power that you have for them, of of your continued love for us no matter what. God, there are times where we just can't feel it. And we need other people to kind of feel it for us. So please, God, would you, well, maybe would you nudge some of us to reach out to those who are struggling? God, would you help us to be not just open to you, but open to each other enough that we would notice when people are struggling, that we would be willing to ask the question, how are you doing, and really listen for the answer. Help us, God, so that the the grace that you've given us might flow through us. Like Pastor Judy talked about giving that hug to that woman who just desperately needed a a hug from you. And your grace, your presence was, was made real in her life through Pastor Judy that day. God, may your grace, may your love, may your presence be felt in the lives of others through us. As we are open to you leading us into those kinds of encounters. Thank you, God. Thank you for the love that you have for each one of us, that you have not not held back. You've not shied away from showing your love to us, God. In fact, we celebrate uh, each Sunday in the sacrament of Holy Communion the way that out of love for us, you came right up to us, God. You became one of us in your son, Jesus Christ. You took on our humanity. And Jesus, you took our sin on yourself. So that through your death on that cross and your resurrection from that grave, you might break the power of sin and death and set us free. So today we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we pray that by your Spirit's presence, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior here, in his body and his blood. We offer you ourselves. Acknowledging to you today that we have not always loved you with our whole heart, soul, mind, strength. We've not always loved our neighbors as ourselves. Some of us, God, we haven't even been trying right up until this very moment where we became, we've become aware that like, wow, I really do need to make a change. So help us, God, today as we hear your voice, 
as we hear you calling us to a life of faith, a life trusting you in spite of the circumstances. God, would you help us to say yes to you? Yes to you forgiving us of our failures and sins. Yes to you embracing us as your, as your children, as your sons and daughters. To say yes to you giving us the gift of your Holy Spirit, your life filling our lives so that we might have the power to live here in this world as, as your kids, as your sons and daughters, as the body of Christ, your hands and feet. Thank you, God. Thank you. We are so grateful for the love you have shown us in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jackson is going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together today. Uh, I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of grape juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it and return to your seats. Uh, this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. Uh, we've got uh, some of the regular, like it's cut up pieces of pita bread, if you'd like those. Or we've got some little round gluten-free wafers. Or we've got the little individual cups if you need those. And, and if you can't make your way forward or if you just don't want to join the crowd, we've got some of those little cups on the tables that, uh, as we sing, you can peel it back to get to the bread and peel it back to get to the juice. Uh, this is, for us today, the body and blood of Christ given for us, for our salvation, for our freedom, for our life. Uh, if you are hungry for his grace and grateful for his love, uh, let's celebrate. Let's join him at his table. Jesus died my soul to save 
my lips shall still repeat Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow he washed it white as Thank you again, God, for the love you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Fill us with the spirit of Christ so that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, given for the people that you send us to this week, so full of your grace that we can't help but have it spill out of us. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I do want to leave you with that blessing. I have to read it, though, because I don't have this one memorized. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Yes, please.